0: This new series that we're starting is called Anything But Average, and I just know that I get to say and speak about being anything but average, and you guys are anything but just average. You're way above average. And the beautiful thing is we're learning to be above average followers of Christ. And here's where the premise for this series that we're launching into for the next three weeks is: you don't want to be average in anything of your life, do you? We don't want to be an average church that just settles for, hey, we meet and we sing a few songs, and that's good enough. We want to be an extraordinary church that follows Jesus. But you also don't want to be an average dad. Or husband or wife or boss or friend or athlete we don't want to be average but here's the tension when it comes to the idea of being average for all of us this is the tension averages are an indicator of what is most true about most of us isn't it right we don't want to be average but the reason they call it average because most of us are average because it's an indicator of most of us yet we don't want to be an average family you don't want that you don't want an average marriage. Do you want something better? I mean, when people say, Hey, tell me about your wife, Tina, I do not want to say, Oh, she's just average. Would that be a good way to respond to that? Especially if she hears me say that. No, I want to be able to say, My wife is extraordinary and describe her that. And I hope she at least says a little bit of that about me. Now, here's the other part of this. When it comes to being Americans in our world, we're way above average just by the lifestyle we get to live. But it's a challenge. And I love being an American. But the average American has some flaws in it. Do you you know this? Research tells us that the average American spends 103% of their income. Not 100%, but 103% of their income. We spend more than we get. The average American has $15,000 in credit card debt. That can be crushing in our lives. The average American is 23 pounds over their ideal weight. And I read that this week and I went, oh, I wish I was only 23 pounds over my ideal weight. That would be so much better in my life. So I need to work on not being too average or whatever, and the average American hates their job because of their boss, and a lot of this has been put, over, put together over data over the last 10 years by places like the Harvard Research Institute, and here's what's so interesting. When it comes to average, the algorithms in our social media and our everyday life speak to these things, so they make it even more challenging not to be average. Then we think about the American, average American parents, and I'll pick on the dads because I'm not picking on the moms here this morning. The average American dad spends 27 and a half hours a week engaged in entertainment and leisure time, Netflix, golf, video games, whatever it might be, but spends seven hours a week engaged with their kids, like spending time with their sons and daughters. I want to be better than average when it comes to this. Average American, to go back to the average American, this is an interesting fact, that the more we make, the less we give. This grieves me a little bit. Because I see this in church, where when we have more, when people's paychecks get bigger, their family incomes get bigger, the percentage of their giving goes down. Because as you make more, and i got to figure out how to talk about this more in the future, as we make more, we hang on to it because we can do more with it. And we keep it for ourselves. And I don't want to be average in that way, and I don't want you to be average in that way either. The average American, this is interesting, back up just a slide, The average American uses a form of deception in one out of five social interactions. Think about that. That the average American one out of five times tells a lie about their life to make it look better or diminish some consequences, which means I've talked to about 50 people in this place today. So about 10 of you have lied to me about something along the way. And I've said a few to you, right? Like I'm really only 235 pounds. That's totally a lie. That's not true at all, but that's kind of what we do. That's the average. And I think this is pretty entertaining that the average American American has an eight-second attention span, which beats the goldfish by one second. I mean, a goldfish has nine seconds of attention span. We have eight. Yeah, we have eight. So, you know, we, we got to figure out how to be anything but average. And you would agree you don't want to be average. And here's the cool thing. Today, we're going to look at a couple things that Jesus taught that made us, could make us above average people. Now, I'm going to share some phrases with you in just a minute. That may sound familiar to you. So what I would love to do is start the phrase, the beginning of the phrase, and have you finish the rest of the phrase. Does that make sense? So I'm going to say the first part, and if you know the second part, just shout it out as loud as you can. If you're at home with somebody or you're alone, just yell in your apartment. That's okay. If you're in the room, I want you to respond out loud. And I'm going to start out with the first one, which is a really easy one, especially after yesterday, which is O-H. Ohio. All right, just to keep us going. Yeah, I try it again. Ready? O-H. H. Michigan. No, no, I can't do that one. We're not doing that one. All right. So, so you, guys, you guys know this. So the next one you may have heard of. So if you know the rest of this phrase, I want you to say it out loud. Ready? An eye for an eye and a, yeah, a tooth for a tooth. You've heard that before, right? That's how you know that. All right, try this one. Turn the other Yeah, turn the other cheek. Somewhere along the line you've heard this. This might be a little more challenging. He would give the Shirt off his back. Some of you are like, you don't want to sound like you don't know. It's like, right? I, get it. I, I totally get it. Yeah, he would give the shirt off. You've heard that. This one is go the extra Yeah, go the extra mile. You've heard those before, right? Here's what's interesting. As much as those are softballs because you've heard them along the way, you may not know this. Maybe you do. Those are all things Jesus said. I mean, literally, Jesus stood on the side of a mountain and gave a sermon and started out with O.H. No, he didn't do that, I promise you. Last night, I thought he might need you, but he, um, yeah. So outside the O.H., everything else we just read, Jesus said, and they're phrases we've adopted into culture, out of this famous sermon called the Sermon on the Mount, where he stood on the side of a mountain and talked about the best way to live your life. And one of the things he said in the best way to live your life, he said, listen, there's gonna be two roads and one's a wide road, it's an easy road. You've heard us talk about this before. And everybody goes down it. It's easy, it's simple, it's average, but it leads to destruction. It does not lead to life. And then there's another road and it's it's more narrow and it's harder and it's more difficult and it will cost you something, but it leads to life and love and forgiveness and relationships that are full, not destruction. I wanna invite you. I want to invite you to the life that's harder but better for you and full life. One of my favorite simple poems that we said to our kids all along the way as they were growing up was this poem by Robert Frost. You probably have heard this. Two roads diverged in a woods and I took the one less traveled by. And that has made all the difference. There's always going to be two roads and there's one everybody goes down because it's average. It's easy. But I took the one not everybody took. I went the one that was called the better road. It was harder, it was more difficult, but Jesus called me to it. And this made all the difference. And over the next couple of weeks, I want to talk about the less traveled road, the anything but average road that Jesus prescribes. Now, you need to know as I talk about these things, some of them might be disturbing or even offend you. And I want you to know as you hear them that it's all Jesus' fault if you're offended because he said them. I'm just repeating them. But it's a path and it's a road if we take. I'm telling you, I think we could have a different life and maybe a different world. So Matt, or Jesus is on the side of a mountain. He's preaching this sermon. Matthew, who once was a tax collector, became a Jesus follower and recorded all this, writes this down, and Jesus says this. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. This was Old Testament Jewish culture. Eye for an eye. You hurt me, I hurt you. And really, if we're honest, this is American culture. It's the justice culture, and I'm not against justice. Justice is important, but this is how we live our lives. You wrong me, I'm gonna get you back. You bring a knife to the fight, I'm gonna bring a gun to the fight because I'm going to win. And let me just tell you this, when it comes to this kind of mentality, this kind of mentality is where I can live in because I am an eye for an eye guy in my own world. And and in this day, 2,000 years ago, the Jewish culture was, if you steal four of my goats, I'm going to steal four of yours back and take your donkey. This is how it works. It's an I for an I plus one. And if you offend me, I'm going to retaliate. And in this day, the strongest, most powerful families always always won the retaliation game. That's why we don't always want justice, right? We want justice for some people, but not for other people. I want justice for you. I don't always want justice for me. And in these family wars of Jesus' day, it would be civil war. It was so bad at times, they came up with this idea of the law of retaliation, which meant you could, uh, under the law, retaliate, but there was a cap on your retaliation, because they had to put a cap on the conflict as it went. And so Jesus addresses this. You have heard that it said, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. That's the way it's always been. And Jesus, you can't get by this. The way Jesus decided to take what was good and blow it up and make it so much better But I tell you, remember that eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth thing? I tell you, do not resist an evil person, which this is terribly challenging for me. But what he's saying is do not repay evil for evil because we don't always want justice because it's the right thing. We want justice because we want to retaliate and pay back. That is average for everybody. When you're offended, I'm going to defend you back. I'm going to make it even, Stephen, or I'm going to win in the end. And then Jesus, after this amazing statement, gives four illustrations of how this works in his kingdom. And he says this. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. I mean, it's like, you're kidding me, right, Jesus? You really think I'm gonna let somebody slap me once and then let me slap them again or let them slap me a second time? Are you serious? Do you really think I'm gonna do that, Jesus? And Jesus says, if you go where I go, you will. Now, just to be clear, when he says this, I'm not convinced he's talking every situation where someone's trying to kill you, or bully you, or turn you into a doormat, or take your life, or take your wife's life. I don't think he means that, because he says, hey, when someone slaps you on the right cheek, which means they backhanded slapped you, which is a, you know, a symbol of insult. It wasn't your full power coming through. I'm gonna slap you, because I'm gonna degrade you, I'm gonna embarrass you, I'm gonna insult you. And so there, there's an argument to be made for this is not about injury, it's about insult, except in Jesus' life, he let people injure him to the nth degree, till he died. But let's just say for our case, it's insult, not injury. He says, yeah, when someone slaps you on the right cheek, turn them the other cheek and say, all right, I can take it. When you're demeaned, don't retaliate. Don't get on Facebook and tell everybody how awful those people are or text all your friends in a group text what they did or gossip, 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 because when you do that, you lose influence. And Jesus would simply say, don't return evil with evil. That's what that is. And then he goes on in this anything but average mentality. And he says, if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat too. Now this doesn't make much sense to us. So let me explain in the Jewish culture 2,000 years ago. In lawsuits, much like today, richer people always won because they had all the lawyers, all the influence, all the connections. And poor people would often lose. But there was a law that said, I could sue you for everything you have, but I couldn't take your coat because you would need your coat to survive through the winter. So I can't take your coat, but I can take everything else. It was a way to protect people that were vulnerable. And Jesus says, yeah, and give them your coat too. And I think what Jesus is talking about, give them what's most precious to you. And I thought about this this week. You know what's most precious to me? My pride, being right, getting my way, being the victor, making sure I get justice. And Jesus said, yeah, let go of those things. So if someone takes a little bit, be willing to give it all up because people will pay attention and it will change. And this is very difficult, but it just changes the game. And then Jesus says something even more difficult for the people of his time. He says this, and if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. And again, we don't understand this. because we're like, okay, one more mile, we'll get in our car. What's the big deal? This refers to a law that Rome had over the Jewish people. Um, Rome were the oppressors of the Jews in this day. And Roman law said that if a soldier came by your house, it didn't matter what you were doing. You're having dinner with your family. You're hanging out with your wife. Your son was being born. Whatever it was, a soldier could say to you, you've got to walk with me for one mile and carry all my stuff, my shield, my sword, my stuff. As a Jewish person in submission to Rome, you had to walk with them one mile carrying all their stuff. It was a law and you could be killed if you didn't do it. And so what would happen is, a Jewish person would pick up a Roman's gear and he would carry it for one mile. And when he got the last inch of that mile, he would just drop everything right there and say, I have done what I'm supposed to do. And isn't that the way we do religion sometimes? I have checked the box, I've done the law, I've done what I'm supposed to do. And Jesus says everyone that's average does that. And I know you feel like you're oppressed and can you imagine how that would go over in our world where freedom is so important and I love freedom, don't get me wrong. And all the Jewish people in their day, all they wanted was to be more free and more free and more free. Now Jesus says, okay, when you're asked to walk a mile and carry a Roman stuff, walk too. And do it with a good heart. And in that, you'll be able to share your influence and you will change I'm going to come back to that thought in just a minute. And then the fourth thing Jesus says. He says, give to the one who asks you. Do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. Again, we say, Jesus, but there's a filter for this. I can't just be giving everything to everybody. Now, here's the context for this. This is so interesting. That in Jewish culture, every seven years, and this is awesome, all your debt was canceled in the Jewish culture. Now think about this. You could buy the biggest house you wanted, and seven years later, no matter what you mortgage, your debt was canceled. It's a little ridiculous, but that's the way their world worked. And so what would happen is people with money about year five and year six would quit lending money out. Because if you think about it, if I lend you money in year six and then year seven happens, you don't have to pay me back. And so, people would get really stingy and not be generous at all. And people that were starving to death couldn't get enough money to feed their families. And Jesus saw this happening. He goes, listen, if you're going to be God followers, stop resisting generosity raise the standard and for rich people which we've said in many ways as americans we're rich you can't afford to be stingy you've got to figure out how to be generous and so here's how we review that if we just go through what jesus said turn the other cheek give the shirt off your back go the extra mile and always help those in need followers of jesus they turn the other cheek when they're offended they give the shirt off their back because they can't hold on to what they have, or they just lose their lives anyway, go the extra mile. That's not normal. None of these things are normal. And when I read these, I go, "You know what's impossible for me to be when I do these things?" It's impossible for me to be selfish, isn't it? If I'm doing these things, how am I going to ever be selfish? If I do these things, how am I ever going to be greedy? And really, if I do these things, how will I ever be prideful? Think about the things that will destroy your relationships. Gr- greed, pride, selfishness. And this is what we hope someone else does. You may say, oh, well, Matt, I can't do this in my life. But you know what? I know you want your wife to do this. I know what you want your wife to do this, your boss to be like this. And it brings us to this question, what's expected of you? And what's expected of me? And I hate this question. Because it's weighty and it's heavy. But this is that deal. What's expected of me in my marriage? And maybe if you're a wife, you're like, all right, it's going to be football all afternoon. When we get home, I'm just going to look at my husband and say, I'm going to sit down and watch football with you all afternoon. And then some of you wives just threw up in your mouth just now. I know know that. But maybe it's not. Maybe you like football wives and vice versa. Husbands, maybe it's like, hey, I'm going to cook dinner this week. I'm going to take care of all the dinners. I'm going to go the extra mile. Because what Jesus is really speaking to in this whole thing are are broken relationships, which is the problem with the world, this problem with us and God. He, He addresses hurt and broken relationships. He says, turn the other cheek when you're hurt. Don't go public. Don't let everybody know. Turn the other cheek. Forgive and let go. If someone has taken or sold something from you, be generous back to them. And there's some people that have sold something from you that can't pay you back anyway. And you know this. You got a dad that wasn't there for your childhood? What are you going to do? He can't give you your childhood back. You got an ex that took something from you, stole your heart, you know, robbed your soul? Well, I mean, you can't get those days back. You can't make it all perfect again. So turn the other cheek. What else are you going to do? You can be bitter. You can be generous. It's all about broken relationships, and it's on us to put ourselves in a better place relationally. He, t- he speaks this idea of being exploited, Go the extra mile. You got a boss that's exploited you or a coworker. You know, what happens if you show up tomorrow and just think, listen, I'm going the extra mile. They don't deserve it. I deserve it, but I'm just gonna go the extra mile. Because what else am I gonna do? Am I gonna be bitter? Am I gonna be angry? I mean, does my wife really wanna hear me one more time talk about how bad my situation is? Or am I gonna let God change me? You've been, you've been burned. You've been burned. Lend a helping hand. Lean into it. And here's the deal. And we talked a lot about this this year, but I just can't seem to get away from it with all the mess and division in our world right now. Here's why we do this. It's because when I was desperate for God to be generous to me when I didn't deserve it, when I had smacked God on both cheeks, sinned and sinned and sinned against him, he didn't abandon me. He turned the other cheek through his son, Jesus. And this is the way the apostle Paul puts it. He says, for a while... We were God's enemies. I, I had the most interesting lunch with a friend not too long ago, and I don't have time to tell this, but I'm going to tell it anyway. I was trying to explain why I was God's enemy, and he literally said, But Matt, you're a pastor and you've got a family and things. How could you ever be God's en- enemy? And I'm, I just looked at my friend and I said, Because every day I, I just sin so much. I'm a disaster. Even now, I still can be such a disaster, and God has chosen not to just discard me or throw me away or blow me into a million pieces. And that's all of our story. While we are still enemies, which I am one and you are one, God reconciled. He brought us back to him through the death of his son. That means when Jesus died on the cross, we were forgiven. Can you imagine that? But not only that, he goes on to say, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? If we were forgiven through his death, which we were, when he rose again on the third day, oh my gosh, can you imagine what we can be now? It's just not that we were, our slate was wiped clean. It's like we were given life in Jesus. And what do we do with that life? It's the above average life that we get a chase after. So go back to that whole thing, go the extra mile and, I think about, I'm a Jewish man and you know, I'm trying to be with my children. It's my day off. And a soldier comes by with big, he's big and he's powerful and he's mean and he's pushy and he, he's my oppressor. And he says, Matt, carry my gear. And I know I gotta carry his gear a mile. And I pick up all of his heavy gear and I walk away and I look back and there's my son and my daughter. And all they wanna do is spend time with their dad and I wanna spend time with them but I've been called to carry this soldier's gear for a mile and I carry it and I get to the end of the mile and now he's waiting for me to drop it say a curse word and walk away because that's exactly what I deserve to get to do because that's justice I fulfilled what I was supposed to I'm done screw you I'm out right and I look over at that soldier and I say hey what do you say we walk another mile together and let me tell you about this Jesus that I found who while I was your, his enemy, he reconciled me. He saved me. He forgave me. He gave me new life. And by the end of the second mile, the soldier's listening, and now I've put something in his heart that God put on my heart. See, my friends, 2,000 years ago, this is what changes the world. His religious people quit just fulfilling the law of justice And they became anything but average and they followed Jesus and it changed because those Roman soldiers, they became Christians. And some of them put down their swords and said, I'll never fight for Rome again. And they lost their lives over it. But it spread and it spread and it spread until most of Rome claimed to be Christian in one way or another. And in this series, this is why you gotta come back next week, we're gonna figure out how to be anything but average. Because I don't know if you've noticed in our world, average is not working but when we follow Jesus as we have seen today with the students around our county it changes things slowly but surely so let's be anything but average let me pray for you heavenly father thank you so much for these words that challenge me so greatly I'm not sure I can do them, but I want to be around people that are living this out. So give me the strength to do them also. And thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross and rising from the dead to show us we could be forgiven and have an extraordinary kind of life in you. Thanks for your love for us that we get to pass on to the rest of the world, at least our little part of the world. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Guys, thanks for being here today. See you next week for part two of Anything But Average. You're dismissed.